Deuteronomy 8, verse 7. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome to all of our guests that are here. We appreciate you being with us tonight. Good to see you. Good to have you here. You've come to a crazy church. But um, crazy was where things happen. Crazy is where things happen. Amen. Praise God. I wouldn't want to be where the Spirit of God is not free to, to do what he wants to do and move. Amen? Amen? The Bible says it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. The anointing uh, burn, it removes burdens and destroys yokes. Amen? Amen. And so um, we're happy for the anointing. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7 through verse 10. You got it? All right, let's read that together. Ready, read. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. All right, let's declare the Lord's blessing over this, uh, uh, speaking for ourselves tonight. How many of y'all want to receive from the Lord tonight? All right, let's make this declaration together. Let's go. I will come to visions and revelations of who you are. Pour out your spirit upon me and make known your words unto me. Make me to understand the way of your precepts. So shall I talk of your wondrous works. Open up my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling. Show me, Father God, great and mighty things that I know not of in Jesus' name. All right, take your seats tonight. Hallelujah. So we're talking tonight, this is part five of a, one message. <laughs> I thought it would be just one message, but we're on part five now. Uh, lacking nothing, lacking nothing, hallelujah. Just say it, lacking nothing, hallelujah. Now, we've been saying this here, and I want to make, make sure that we uh, reinforce this in our minds that there should be no lack in any area of our lives. There should be no lack in any area of our lives. I told you this before, that if you tolerate lack in any area of your life, you'll experience lack in every area of your life. Because lack gets in there. Lack isn't just uh, missing something. There's a force behind lack. Right. There's a spirit behind lack. The spirit of mammon is what's behind lack. Yes, sir. You understand? Yes, sir. You know, when the Bible says you can't serve God and mammon, you overlook in Matthew 6, 24 and so forth. Uh, mammon isn't, uh, doesn't mean money. People like to make it say money, but mammon is a spirit. Right. Mammon was actually a Syrian god. So there's a spirit behind that. There's a spirit that keeps you in lack. The spirit that works on you, the spirit that right. talks to you, right. okay? Yes. So lack, if you, let, if you let the spirit of mammon get in and cause lack in any area, he won't stop at just that one area. He'll get into your marriage and he'll get into your body. He'll get into your, with your children. He'll get into your business, get in with your ministry. He'll get in everything. You got it? And so we got to make sure we attack lack. Smack lack down, Amen get it out of our lives. God doesn't want lack in our lives. You got it? 
All right, Psalm 34, verse 10. Y'all know this one by now. Psalm 34, verse 10. Now get on the screen for us, please. It says, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord, come on. How many of you seek the Lord? Say this. Say, I shall not lack any good thing. I shall not lack any good thing. I won't be lacking any good thing. Notice he didn't just say shall not lack anything. Shall not lack any good thing. So not only will he make sure you have things, but he'll make sure they're all good things. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says in uh, Hebrews 9 and verse 11, I think is the one. Give me Hebrews 9 verse 11, please. Hebrews 9 verse 11. Yeah. But Christ came as high priest. <laughs> this is the message of the cross. He came as, the high, as high priest of the good things to come. So whatever God gives you is going to be good. Glory to God. If you have bad things and not from God. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Let's just, just, just mess with this for a minute. James 1 verse 17. Put it on the screen for us, please. Every, say it again, every, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no Oh, God. So every good gift or every perfect gift, or we could just say for our sake, every good thing comes down from above. So only thing God has to offer us is good. Oh, man. Hurricane Dorian has destroyed some areas and people all over the world are saying this is an act of God. No. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So if the good things are from above, the evil things must be from below. From Satan himself. God is good. He only does good. And he's good to all. God is good, and he only does good, and he's good to all. So whenever God gives you anything, he's going to give you a good thing. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. The Bible says, the Bible says houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. A prudent wife is from the Lord. Well, finds a wife, you find a good thing. So the God, God's going to give you a good thing. Well, y'all men better say something. Like you're sitting there looking at me like y'all crazy. I'm going to say, hur, hur, hur. something. Act like you got yourself a good thing. And ladies, if he don't, you better elbow him in his rib so hard. Remind him where you came from, right at that rib. That, mm. <laughs> so God is a giver of good things. All good things come from God. Got it? Now let's, let's look at this. I gave you this word good, the Hebrew word tov, which means beautiful, best, 
better, bountiful, cheerful, fine, glad, good, rich, pleasant, precious, prosperous, sweet. So you shall not lack any good thing. When, it sees, when you see that in Psalm 3410, that you won't lack any good thing. You won't lack any beautiful things. You won't lack any of the best things. Everybody say the best things. Oh, Jesus. I know I've been challenging you all over the last few weeks, but, but it's the Holy Ghost because he wants you and I to get accustomed to the best things. He told the children of Israel in the book of Ezekiel, he said, I searched the whole planet and I found the best land. The best land on the, on the planet. So that's where he's taking them to. When he says that, take you to a good land, he said it's the best land in Ezekiel. So best, glory to God. Better, bountiful, cheerful, fine, glad, good. Say this next word. Rich. Say it like an army. Rich. Rich, now, rich is good. Poor is horrible. I tried it longer than I meant to try it. I tried it a whole lot longer than I wanted to try it. I tasted and saw poor is bad. Oh, taste and see. No, I tasted it for you. Poor is horrible. Rich is a whole lot better. Y'all didn't say anything when I said that. Yes, sir. I don't know. I know. Rich is a whole lot better. Y'all scared. Y'all shaking. Like, what you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say I'm rich. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they can't take it, Chris. Pleasant, precious, prosperous. Prosperous, sweet. So he said in Deuteronomy 8, verse uh, 9, he said, I'm taking you to a good land in which you'll lack nothing. A good land in which you'll lack nothing. A good land in which you'll lack nothing. So wherever you takes you into this good land, you're not going to lack anything. Got it? Now remember, we, we, we set you up last Wednesday. And we ask everybody where you are on the spectrum. Are you in Egypt? Are you in the wilderness? Are you in the promised land? And you answer just like 99% of the Christians in the world will answer, I'm in the wilderness. I'm in the wilderness. I'm not in Egypt, but I, I'm not in the promised land yet. I ain't, got my, I ain't where I want to be yet, but I'm in, I'm in the wilderness. And we found out, no, you weren't. Some of y'all still mad at me. And you found out, no, you weren't in the wilderness. Because we found out in the wilderness, Deuteronomy 2, verse 7, in the wilderness they lack nothing. Right? Deuteronomy 2, verse 7, he said, in these 40 years, God, the Lord has been with you. He's talking about in the great wilderness. He said, these 40 years, the Lord has been with you. You have lacked nothing. So in the wilderness, there's no lack. So if you're experiencing lack, you're not in the wilderness. You are back in Egypt. But as soon as you recognize and, uh, and, and, and admit that, then you're ready to move on. You got it? There's no debt in the wilderness. Just hold your head down. Just, 
There's no debt in the wilderness. There's no toil in the wilderness. So don't, don't keep, don't keep acting like you in the wilderness. Being a big pretender. When in reality, you're in Egypt. If you have lack, if you have debt, if you're in toil, you are in Egypt. That's okay. Because God's going to bring you out. That's why he sent me to you. That's why in 1971, August 14, he, he gave me life. He put me on this planet. Y'all don't want to hear this. But he put me on this planet August 14, 1971 to be a financial deliverer to bring people out who are tired of Egypt. I was born for you. <laughs> Boy, you better, y'all better grab a hold of that. Lack, debt, and toil are Egypt conditions. You know the toil. They, they were making bricks. Why were they making bricks? They were slaves. They had hard work, rigorous work, the Bible called it. Making bricks. They were slaves. When you're in debt, you're a slave. So you can't help but go to work and make bricks. You can't, you can't go on vacation when you want to. Go where you want to. You got you to make them bricks. You can't just go eat a ribeye anytime you feel like. You got to make them bricks. <laughs> you got to pay MasterCard. Now, ain't nothing wrong with MasterCard. I have MasterCard. I, I use MasterCard, pay MasterCard. But I don't, MasterCard don't own me. I don't, I don't, I don't give MasterCard nothing but what I, what I use. That's it. You, that, we haven't paid a dime, a penny of interest in well over two years. Okay? And nothing. So I, I'm not beating you up by no credit card. I'm talking about, but they, they don't control me. They don't tell me. You understand? So there's no lack, debt, or toil in the wilderness. You got it? In Egypt, you work for a living. You ought to write this down. This is, this is going to help somebody. In Egypt, you work for a living. I work, I work, I buy in Egypt. In Egypt, you work for a living. In the wilderness, they worship for a living. Remember, the command was, God said, tell Moses, go tell Pharaoh, go over there and tell them they got to come out here so they can worship me. Now, I can't worship God in Egypt. No, God said, come out of Egypt so you can worship me. I need them to go three days journey. As you read it for yourself in the book of Exodus. Three days journey. Leave, leave Egypt. Get three days away. Three days away. In other words, a three days journey was a great distance. Travel three days away. I, I need you to be that far from lack, that far from debt, that far from toil so you can really worship me. 
where it's so far removed from your mind, you are free to worship me. So when they get out in the wilderness, there'll be no lack. Wake up, y'all. Don't, don't go to sleep on me or not. Y'all sleeping. People sleeping. There'll be no lack, no debt, and no toil in the wilderness. How are they going to make it? They were going to worship God for a living. They were going to build them a tabernacle so they can worship him. Right? All right. Now, because you can't, I'm going to show you, you can't worship God fully in Egypt. Give me Psalm 137, verse 1, and we're going to end at verse 4. Psalm 137, verse 1 through 4. Hallelujah. I didn't come to be your friend tonight. I came to help bring you out. Psalm 137, verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon. Now, you understand when you see Babylon, Babylon is equivalent to Egypt. In other words, Egypt was the world system. When you see Babylon, it's the world system. Right? Babylon itself means confusion. So it's the world system. And God wants us to come out of Babylon. Now, if you remember the children of Israel, they were slaves in Egypt for 400 plus years. Well, God brought them out, but they got over into foolishness, and they end up then being uh, enslaved in Babylon for 70 years. So when we read Psalm 137 here, we're seeing something that, that they were uh, 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 rehearsing during the time in Babylon. Babylon is the same debt, borrowing, struggle, work for a living system. Am I in the right church? You just keep saying, saying amen, baby. They, they, I'm not saying nothing. It's the same debt, borrowing, system, struggle, toil, think the way of the world, conform to this world, miserable way of living, walking according to the futility of your mind like the Gentile system. You feel like you're talking about tonight. You do all their investments. <laughs> now, nothing wrong with investments if God says so. Because if you're investing, I know this is on the side note, but if you're investing without instruction from God, you're gambling. You're no different than anybody playing the lottery. You're no different than anybody pulling the little slot machine. You're no different. So don't talk about anybody going over to the casino in Tampa and you investing without instruction from God. You're no different. You're gambling. Isn't it a risk? But in the kingdom, there is no risk. No man who's left father or mother or house or land or children or whatever for my name's sake who will not receive in this life a hundredfold guaranteed return from God. The problem is you believe them more than you believe him. And if you're doing that, you're trapped in the Babylonian system. All right, so by the rivers of Babylon, come on now, 
There we sat down, yea, we wept. Every time them bills came in. Every time I got my, my dividend uh, report from my investment and I, I lost money this month. I remember, I, I call myself, I'm going to play around with this. this is, uh, if you have PayPal, they have some, they're attached to something called Acorn. I don't know how many of y'all ever heard of Acorn. So I decided, you know, I got some money. I can, I can, I can play around with money. So I, I said, but I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be wise. I, I'm going to throw a little $10 in there. It's $10. You know, because I can blow my nose with $10 and not even matter now. You know what I'm saying? Now I remember when $10 was all we had and God told us to put it in the offering to give it to a man of God. <laughs> but that was an investment. So I took a little $10, put it in a little acorn, slide it over. $10. So I said, we'll see how this thing, we'll see if it, if it make me, you know, 20 cents, 30 cents, 40 cents. Maybe I'll slide a little more money. I got a report. And I lost eleven dollars. I said, "How in the world did I put ten dollars in? I lost." 11. I said, "Shut that mess down. Close that account. I don't want that mess no more." Lord, how? I ain't tell you to do that mess. So we sat and we wept. Lord, what happened to my ten dollars? <sighs> Now we wept when we remembered Zion. We remember in Babylon, this ain't how we're supposed to be living. We remembered all the joy and the peace and the, and the, the prosperity we enjoyed in Zion. And here we are now trapped in Babylon and we're weeping. That ain't how we're supposed to be living. Two, we hung our harps upon the willows. You know, you know, weeping willows? We hung our, not playing the harps, we hung our harps. What, is, what does it mean when you, like an athlete, hang up his, his cleats? A barber hang up his, his, his clippers? I mean, I'm done, I'm quick. They said, we hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. Ain't no, I mean, no worship. For there, those who carried us away captive, watch this, asked of us a song. Sing one of them songs y'all sing over there. Watch this, and this is, this is Babylon. And those who plundered us requested mirth. Be happy. We plundering you, but you sing us a song. Oh, y'all don't like it. Sing, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Sing us one of the good old gospel songs y'all sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. We love that. Come on and sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. This is what the Babylonian system is telling you to do. Don't worry. Be happy. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
charge you 35%. Don't worry. Be happy. You're not happy about it? Don't worry. We'll send you over here to get you some pills. We'll get you some happy pills. Depressed about your bills? We'll get you some pills. Pills will make you forget about the bills. That's the Babylonian system that gets you further and further, deeper and deeper trapped until you can't breathe, until you've lost your praise. They hung their harp. Watch verse 4. Watch their response. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? How can we sing these songs, in, King James says, in a strange land? You can't really worship and sing God, sing praises to God the way uh, you really want to and the way he really deserves it when you're trapped in a strange land. You be singing the blues. Or you be singing songs in your songs, your worship is more and more, more than more of a worship. Oh, Lord. I'm going to praise you anyhow, Lord. <laughs> shout, 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 shout. In spite of all I've been through, I still have joy. That don't even sound like joy. That don't even sound like no joy. That ain't no joy. That ain't no joy. That's a mournful Now, I understand. Ask me how I know. Because I've been there. Praising your bills are just bombarding your mind. <laughs> Trapped. And the thing about it is, most of the body of Christ is comfortably trapped. They don't consider, even consider themselves trapped. They think this is normal because they, they, they are so far from the Zion life. All they've ever known is the Babylonian life and all their friends live the Babylonian life and their pastor lived the Babylonian life and their bishop lived the, ba the Babylonian life and so they've been preached the Babylonian life. So they think the Babylonian life is normal. But there's a Zion life that you and I are supposed to be living in and enjoying every day where we don't hang up our harps. We pick up our harps and we... It's hard to sing a Zion song in a strange land. You can sing one of them old gospel hymn, gospel blues songs. Rather have Jesus in silver and gold. No, the problem is you can't figure out how to get no silver and gold. You just ain't going to have that help Jesus. Shut up. Shut up. 
Can I keep going? So we can't really sing in a strange land. Now, I'm not telling you can't praise God when you're in debt. That's not what I'm telling you. I know you can. I, we had to praise our way through that stuff. But what I'm telling you is there's a different level. There's a different even anointing on it. When you're free from Egypt, free from that Babylonian system. All right. Now, in the, in the wilderness, we're just trying to make sure you understand the difference between the wilderness and Egypt. In, in Egypt, remember I said, lack, debt, and toil are Egypt conditions. In Egypt, you had to work for a living. you telling us don't work? No, no, I'm telling, not telling you don't work. I'm telling you, but you, in the, in the wilderness, you won't work for a living. You worship for a living. You worship by your praise. You worship by your gifts. You worship, you understand, by how you serve. You worship for a living. Got it? Okay, so in, in, in Egypt, in Egypt, they, they, they were fed, uh, we know, uh, onions, leeks, cucumbers, melons, uh, fish, the Bible said they sat by the meat pots, the flesh pots. Now that was all slave food. Because they didn't, and they, they had nerves to say we ate freely. No, you didn't eat freely. You were working like a dog trying to, to, to qualify for that food. Now you'll know you're in the wilderness when you move from slaving for that, work, toiling for that, to divine supply. Because when they got into the wilderness, they moved from that to God supernaturally providing for them. Manna every morning. If that didn't suffice, quail falling out the sky. When they were thirsty, water coming out of a flinty rock. That's called supernatural or divine supply. Got it? That's where you're not supposed to be. Until we get to the promised land, let's not even talk about the promised land. I ain't got to talk about the promised land. Let's just talk about the wilderness. So divine supply. I'm trying, I'm just, I want to make a distinction. So it's the same thing we get. Now remember what I said. They're getting, they're getting, they're getting in the wilderness. Watch this. In the wilderness they had uh, food. They had water, which is drink. And we know the Bible also said their clothes and their shoes never wore out. This is divine supply. Now let's look at Matthew 6, uh, 31 through 33. See what Jesus said. See what Jesus said. He said, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? The exact same three things that they testified was divinely supplied to them every day. In the wilderness. In Egypt, you had to work for all this stuff. But here in the wilderness, or here for us, he says, don't you worry about that. Verse 32. There, uh, for after all these things the Gentiles seek. 
That's what the Gentiles do in that Babylonian system. They work for a living. They work hard. They work two jobs. They work three jobs. They got to get a business on the side. They gotta, I'm, not, I'm not against a business on the side, but I'm against two and three jobs. <laughs> Some of y'all say I'm against one job, huh? That's all right. That's all right. Well, Pastor, you don't know what it takes to make it. No, you don't know what it takes to make it. I know what it takes to make it. What you're doing is you're trying to make it. God wants us to take it. To receive it. And as long as you are still toiling, trying to do it yourself, you will never get divine supply. Because Father God has to sit back and say, okay. You're going to keep doing it yourself? I'm just going to... I'll sit here. Let me know when you, when you wore yourself out. Let me know you had enough, then I'll, I'll help you. But as long as you're going to keep doing it yourself with your big ideas, then you tie my hands. He says, for your heavenly Father knows you need all these things, verse 33. So what did he tell us to do? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you, add it to you. That's how you know you're in the wilderness. When all things are added to you. No, that's the promised land. No, the promised land, everything multiplied. Come on now, come on now, y'all don't, don't hold back on me, don't, don't hold back on me. We already read that this week, right? In the promised land, he said, when your silver and your gold and your flocks and your herds are multiplied. In the, in the promised land, there's no addition. You want to go back, I taught a message, I don't know how long ago it was, I taught a, me- a message entitled, First Edition, Then Multiplication. Taught that years ago. First edition, then multiplication. That's the way it works. That's the way it works for you in school. Kids don't go to school and learn multiplication first. They learn addition first. Am I right? Because multiplication is an expedited addition. Multiplication, y'all didn't catch what I said. Multiplication is an expedited addition. Instead of going two plus two plus two plus two plus two, you go two times five. But you have to first learn how to live in addition. And you first learn to live in addition by stop doing what you're doing and start letting God do what he wants to do in your life. Seek his kingdom first. I wonder if I'm talking to anybody in this place tonight. All right, can I keep going here? All right, let's, let's dig in a little deeper here. All right, so we understand God doesn't want us in lack. Matter of fact, God is very far from lack. I told you all that. He is absolutely and utterly opposed to lack. Okay? Now, look, get on, get on the screen here. Philippians 4.19, New King James Version here. Philippians 4.19. How many of y'all know this scripture? I had like three people. Man, I'm telling y'all, if you don't learn these scriptures that we call out, you are going to struggle. You know why? Uh, let me give you another scripture. You probably don't know this one either. John 8, 32. You shall know the truth. Oh, y'all know it now. Yeah, yeah, I got it. 
Good, good. I'm glad you caught on. You just, just needed something to stir you up. I understand. So you should know the truth. The truth shall make you free. So if you don't know these truths, how are you ever going to get free? You can't wait and hear this, hear truth just when you come to church. Hope, hope pastor tells some truth today. No, you need to know it for yourself. Seven days a week. Not just memorize it, know it. Become acquainted, intimately acquainted with truth. That means truth is in your inward parts. And that only comes by you meditating on this word. I can preach all the revelation I can't, that God gives me. I can preach it to you. But it means nothing to you when I give it to you. Because revelation from me is just information for you. Until you meditate on it. Take it for yourself. Then it can become your revelation. And the truth you know will make you free. Got it? Tell your neighbor, you got to do better. <laughs> so Philippians 4.19, here's a truth. Here's a truth. Here's a truth. Here's a truth. Here's the truth. Now, as a side note, this is a truth that only applies to certain people. This is not a universal truth. If you read the book of Philippians, Philippians is a partnership letter. So if you're not a partner with a ministry or minister, this scripture doesn't apply to you. They don't want to hear that. But it's the truth. If you're not a partner, then this scripture does not apply to you. This, is, this whole book, Philippians, is a partnership letter. Right? Okay. So if you're a partner, I'm going to give you a truth here. And my God, he didn't say God, he said my God. He's talking about it to his partners. And my God shall supply all your need according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Got it? Now that word need, I didn't, I didn't give this to media, I just I wrote this down after. It's the, it's the Greek word kriya. It's spelled C-H-R-E-I-A. C-H-R-E-I-A, which means lack. So my God shall supply all your lack. So that means any area, and especially within the context of this verse financially, where you are lacking, he says God will supply it. He'll fill it. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about here when when people you you want to uh, get some uh, get you have pests in your home. You have pests. You can either get spray, or you can set off a bomb. I'm talking about, you know, short, short of calling a professional message. You can set up the bombs. What's the difference in the bombs? The difference in the bombs is it, it emits a smoke that gets into everything. It'll fill the whole house. It'll leave nothing unfilled, untouched. 
So when he says, my God shall supply all your lack, it means he's going to touch every little part. Well, there's lack in your life. So, so, so listen, to one, listen to one of my partners. So once he, he, all your lack is being supplied, you don't ever ask God anymore for a need. Just tell him what you want. What things have you desire, Mark eleven twenty four. 24. What things have you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. That's why he gets way past your needs. My God shall supply all your need. He shall fill it. Give me that same verse in the Amplified, please. Amplified. I feel y'all drawn back, but I'm going to keep preaching. And my God will liberally supply. This is, this is what the, the smoke is. Fill to the full. Your every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus or in Christ Jesus. So God has riches in glory. So he can fill your every need. You need a car? He can fill it. You need a, need a bigger car. He can fill it. You need a house or a bigger house. Come on now. We way past uh, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you, what you shall put on. Your father already knows you have need of these things. He knows you need a bigger house. You know, can I tell you something? Problem is, some of y'all, you don't know it. He already knows it. <laughs> y'all don't want to hear that. God already knows you already need a bigger house. He knows it. Oh, my God. And it says, he will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need, according to the riches and glory, in Christ Jesus. Now, who is this for? Partners. Partners. So, if I were you, and I weren't partnering with me, who do you think he is? I'm a person with a my God supply. You ain't on TV. Paul wasn't on TV. Jesus wasn't on TV. Paul didn't say, help me pay my TV bill. my money? I don't need your money. Your money needs me. I said, your money needs me. Seed under your mattress in your coffee can don't produce nothing. But seed in good soil will produce abundance. You know why I don't need your money? Because we're partners. 
with other ministries. Ministers. So if you never partner with me, my God still, or their God is still going to supply all of our needs. If he got to put it on the back of a monkey and ship it all the way from Africa. Y'all understand this here. Now I'm saying this to you. And, and listen, listen, listen. Let me just, just throw this in. I, I, ain't trying to, I ain't trying to get nothing out of you. I, I, I've had to convince people not to partner so much. Am I right about it? Miss Hattie. Miss Hattie came us a few months, few months ago and she said, Pastor, I'm going to partner with you. And she said, she told me, this is how much I'm going to do. I said, Sister Hattie, don't do that. You gotta tell the truth. Come on. I said, you're not ready for that. Am I telling the truth, Sister Hattie? I told her, no, that's too much. You told her that's too much? Yeah, I knew her soul wasn't ready for that. What she said she's going to do every, every week, I said, no, you do that once a month. See, because I don't need no money. I ain't try, I'm not trying to get nothing from you. I'm trying to get something to you. Paul, you read Philippians 4. He said, I'm trying to help you uh, get a, a giving uh, and, and receiving account. So that fruit can abound to your account. Paul said, I wasn't in no lack. I'm going to hear the scripture here in a minute. Oh, I'm out of time almost. You understand? And I said, and as God increases you, then you increase. Partnership. She ran in here Sunday. Pastor, I increased my partnership. Praise the Lord. You understanding this? I'm trying to trick nobody, man. Shut the devil up. All right. Because I want to show you something here. So God, this, this is important. Everybody tell your neighbor this is important. Okay, so God is very far from lack. He's absolutely and utterly opposed to it. Now I want to show you something. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. 1 Thessalonians, remember to tease all together. 1 Thessalonians, New Testament. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, or chapter 4 rather, and verse 9 through verse 12. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. You see this? You ready? Okay, y'all see this? 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 9 through 12. Y'all have it in your Bible, right? Y'all don't wait on no technology. You got your Bible, right? Remember I said all the teaser together? I wasn't talking to the, to the media. I'm talking to y'all. <laughs> right? Timothy, Thessalonians, Titus. Okay. All right, now watch this. Verse 9. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to what? To love one another. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase. 
Now, oh, increase love more and more? He didn't say increase love more and more. He said increase more and more. He said, I'm urging you to increase more and more. Is that what it says? I urge, we urge you, brother, that you increase more and more. Now watch, watch. Verse 11, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life. To mind your own business. Nah, I hear all y'all. I see all y'all. Yeah, mind your business, mind your business, mind your business. But this mind your business doesn't just, doesn't just mean stay to yourself. It means mind or attend to your business. Remember he said increase more and more. Attend to your business. What's your business? Whatever you call to do. Mind your business. Somebody got to mind the store, right? That's what we call it, mind the store. And to work with your own hands. That means don't be begging. That's what it means when he said work with your own hands. Stop being a charity case. Stop sitting around waiting on somebody to take care of you. Somebody to do something for you. He's talking to church folk because you know church folk are notorious. Y'all ain't going to say much to me tonight, but I'm going to preach anyhow. He said work with your own hands. Now, your work with your own hands may be on one hand, or it should include both of these, on one hand to be uh, 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 industrial, industrious rather, doing something. But also work, I learned that to work in my hands, my hand work is sowing, tithing. Giving, first fruits, alms, partnerships. Y'all didn't like that either. I can tell when I'm hitting on a on a on a, a dumb money devil that's got some of y'all gripped. That's how, that's one of the ways you work with your hands. Let your hands be strong. The Bible says. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, do not withhold your hand. He's saying keep working with your hands. Keep sowing, y'all. Luke, how old are you, 17? 18 now? You're a man. At 18, Luke, if you get this, by the time you're 28, you can be a millionaire. You ain't got to wait 200 years or 55 years. In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 11 for y'all. Y'all don't believe me. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. In the morning, sow your seed. In the evening, do not withhold your hand. He says, you don't know which one will prosper. Either this or that or whether both alike will be good. I saw your testimony today. Another testimony from the wealthy bakers. Another debt paid off. Let y'all ring the bell out the church and ring the bell. Another check came in the mail. 
right? But you wrote, I don't know, is it the, is the prophetic words, is it the seeds, is it the tithe, is the partnerships, and I don't know what it is. And what I told you, it's everything. All things work together for good, Romans 8, 28. Not talking about when, when, when your baby gets killed in a car accident. That ain't what he's talking about. He said, when you're doing all these things. They work together for good. First Thessalonians 4, you're still there. To work with your own hands as we commanded you. Now watch verse 12. That you walk properly toward those who are outside and that this is now New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul to the church folk at Thessalonica. He says, walk, remember he told them, mind your own business. He told them, increase more and more. He told them, work with your hands. Then he says, walk properly towards those outside that you may lack nothing. That you may lack nothing? In other words, this is a New Testament Principle two of lacking nothing. This wasn't just some promised land thing. God gave children of Israel, but once Jesus came, you'll forget all about that. We all gonna go through hard times and struggle and toil and all that pain. No, that, that's not shut the devil up. We already read Paul said, My God shall supply all your needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He says here that you may lack nothing. Okay, well that, that didn't excite you anybody. Tell your neighbor, this is important right here. Give me verse 12 in the Amplified. I want you to see this. Let Amplified amplify it for us. Let's amp it up. So that you may bear yourselves becomingly. You know what it is to be, to be becoming? That means to be attractive. And be correct and honorable and command the respect of the outside world. How are you going to command the respect of the outside world? Being dependent on nobody, self-supporting and having need of nothing. He said, you, ain't, you don't get no respect from the world until you're rich. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Let's just let's go home. Come on, stand to your feet. Y'all don't want to hear it. Y'all don't want to hear it. He said, in this world, you don't get any respect when you have lack. Didn't your Bible already tell you, we read this in Proverbs every month, about how when you're a poor man, even your own brothers avoid you? Your own family avoids you when you're poor? When you're poor, you'd be like, hey, uh, dog. they don't answer your phone call. They, they see your caller, name on the call ID, they don't answer your call because they know you're about to ask for some money. They don't even invite you. We're we going to go out to Cheddar's and eat. We ain't going to invite you because we know if we invite you, we all got to pay your bill. 
You and all your children. Can't invite you to the cookout because we know you invite come to the cookout. You ain't gonna bring no food. You gonna bring foil. All you gonna bring is some styrofoam plates for to go. You ain't gonna bring no food. The poor is even hated by his brother. So Paul tells us here, go back, go back, please, go back. Glory to God. First Thessalonians 4:12 amplified. First Thessalonians 4:12 amplified. So that you may bear yourselves becomingly and be correct and honorable. And then it says, and command the respect. When you when you're rich, you ain't gotta get no respect. You command respect. You walk in and folks see how you dress, see how you look, see what car you pull up in. See, you got a nice haircut. Saying that for all the wild hair guys. See, you got a nice haircut. You're nicely shaven or trimmed. You command, it says, command. It says you command respect, not demand. People trying to demand, you're going to respect me. No, you don't have to demand respect. It says when you have money, you command respect. You walk in the door and people know you there. It's in the Bible. Being dependent. Here's how you command the respect. Being dependent on nobody. When you depend on, on people, they don't respect you. Self-supporting and having need of nothing. Financial abundance and independence commands respect from the heathen. Thank you, Barry. Financial abundance and independence commands respect from the heathen. Financial abundance and independence. If somebody know they always got to take care of you, they don't respect you. Let's just let's just be honest. Let's be honest. Let's let's stop let's stop patty caking and let's stop playing like it like it ain't what it is. When people know they gotta take care of you, they do not do not they do not respect you. They will tolerate you. They might be courteous and cordial, but they do not respect you. And this is the point I want you to see. I said God. Hates, he's opposed to lack. Because God wants you and I to have the respect of the world. He don't want you and me walking around and nobody respects us. You're a child of the living God. You're a king and a priest. You're a royal priesthood. Do you know who you are? Ask your neighbor, do you know who you are? Tell them you ought to be commanding respect everywhere you go. Walk in and people diss you. I told 
my wife, we were, she was talking about a day. We were talking about getting some chicken wings from somewhere, and I, I ain't gonna name the place. But she said, I'll go, we'll get the kids some, some chicken wings. I said, no. I said, don't take no more of my money back there. I said, you can take your money, but don't take no more of my money to that restaurant. Well, why the wings? It ain't about how the wings taste. They don't know who walking into their restaurant. They can't see it. And I'm not going to go anywhere and spend any time or money. I'm sorry. I'm going to say a phrase, and you can, you, can, you can quote me on it. You can pin Instagram. I'm a new Negro. I, I don't care. Say what you want. I'm a, I'm a brand new Negro. I'm not Jim Crow Negro. I'm not Jim Crow Negro, I'm a new Negro. I'm a debt-free Negro, I'm a rich Negro, I'm a child of God Negro, I'm a child of the King Negro, I'm a king and a priest Negro. And I don't care if you white or black, you better know who walking into your establishment. I'm not intimidated by no white folk, I live around all white folk. My whole neighborhood, white people. And I don't let nobody talk down or look down to me for nothing. See, when you know who you are, and when you move into your abundance, you command respect. Y'all might not like it. Some of y'all may not like it because you you are all Afrocentric. What you are is still a Jim Crow Negro. Is what you are. You try you try you trying to get respect based on your color. You trying to demand respect. You ain't got to demand it. When you have money, you command it. You gonna fight for your right. You ain't got to fight for your right when you got some money. They don't want to hear me, Chris. They don't want to hear me. They don't want to hear me. They don't want to hear me. I know this ain't this ain't normal church talk. But you, come on, we we in the real world. You you trying to demand respect, and you black and broke. You black and broke. Sure ain't getting no respect from nobody. Let's just tell the truth. Just, just, just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. Tell it. Be mad at me all you want to, but you know I'm telling the truth. Black and broke. I mean, Bill Cosby, black and rich, and he ain't getting no respect. So for sure, don't be black and broke. White men in the same circumstance and still walk around free. But he's comfortable, locked up in jail. And he got money. Now y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying to you? 
Can I give you two more scriptures? Ecclesiastes 9 verse 16. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 16. There's a story here about a, a poor man whose, whose country gets into a little, little uh, quagmire and he delivers them out of that quagmire, right? And there's a little problem. Verse 16 says, Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. This is what Solomon, a rich man, said. Here's what I realized. A poor man's wisdom is despised. I don't care how wise or how smart you is. When you poll, and his words are not heard. Now, don't you get mad at me. If you get mad, get mad at God and see how it works out. Give me this same verse in the CEV. CEV. So I decided that wisdom is better than strength. Yet, if you are poor, no one pays any attention to you, no matter how smart you are. Nobody, nobody paying no attention to you. We're going to march. People ain't paying no attention to you, you marching. But you get money and start buying up property. Smart you are. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 19. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 19. New King James. Ecclesiastes 10, 19. A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. That's how it is in this world. How you know, give me the same verse in the message translation. Same verse, message translation. Laughter and bread go together, and wine gives sparkles of life, but it's money that makes the world go around. This in your Bible. It's money that makes the world go around. So if you don't have money, you command no respect from the world. And God hates that. If anybody he wants to have respect, it's his children. That's why he said Deuteronomy 28, if you obey his, his voice, follow his commands, he said, I'll set you on high above all nations. I'll make you the most respected people on this planet. This is how God wants us to be deep. Highly respected. Highly respected. That when you call, they, they pick up the phone. When you show up in City Hall, they know who you are. Not because you're a rebel rouser. But they know you have some financial clout. Financial clout. They found out in the city of St. Pete how to shut down the Uhurus. Uhurus used to, used to wreak all kinds of havoc in St. Pete. They found out how to shut them down. Just give them a little bit of this. They, they tried to shut down Baywalk. Uhuru's. Bill Edwards came in there. We're going to redo this thing. You ain't, ain't seen not one protest. 
because money answered. Y'all don't like that. Y'all don't, see, y'all don't know, see, y'all think people, they fight, fight the power. No, they, they, they are sellouts, like, sellouts. Tell them I said so. Tell them, I don't care, I don't care if y'all got spies in here. Tell them I said so. Tell y'all, yes, you tell her I said so. They all sellouts. I don't care. See, I'm already rich, so you can't, you can't move me. You can't move me. You can't, I ain't scared of y'all. And no weapon formed against me gonna prosper. We don't have to demand respect. We can command respect. And God wants you and me commanding respect. Abraham commanded respect. Remember Abraham, how rich he was? When Abraham, when Sarah died, he went to go bury Sarah. He found some people had some property, and he went there and said, hey, I want to buy uh, some land uh, so I can bury my, my, my dead, but bury Sarah. And they said, oh, no, Lord, you are a prince among us. We ain't selling you nothing. You just take whatever you want. He said, no, 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 no. I can't, ain't going to take it. I'll, I'll pay it. I want to pay it. They said, no, no, no. He, he, he went back and forth with them. They are insistent. No. The one man said, hey, this land is like worth like 400 shekels. He said, but what is that among us? Rich man to rich man. What's 400 shekels? Solomon commanded respect. So much so that, that the queen of Sheba came. With all her gold, all her silver, thought she was going to impress him. And she was like, ooh, she failed. Until kings came all over the world, the Bible said every year, to sit at his feet, commanded respect. Jesus. Y'all know Jesus? Mm-hmm. Jesus commanded respect. Nicodemus, a rich Pharisee, would not go to Jesus if he was some poor broke man with some broke down flip flops on. Zacchaeus, a rich tax collector, would not have climbed a tree to see a broke down scruffy. The rich young ruler would not have run and fall on his knees. Jesus didn't command respect. If he didn't command respect, Pilate would not have asked him, are you a king? Command respect. <laughs> you a king? Wow. If he was some broke down man and they say he said he the king, they'd be like, Pfft. see, when you have abundance, you command respect. Glory to God. Y'all come back Sunday. Remember what we said. Give me first Thessalonians 4:12 again, amplified. And then give me 2 Corinthians 9, 8 amplified. 1 Thessalonians 4, 12 amplified. 
1 Thessalonians 4.12 Amplified. So you'll command respect when you are dependent on nobody, self-supporting, and have a need of nothing. Now give me 2 Corinthians 9.8 Amplified. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in for every good work and charitable donation. That's why he puts this extravagant grace on you. So you don't need anybody to help you. Child support? Eh, I'll take it because it's the child's but we're going to be all right. Spousal support. Uh, I wash all your clothes. Yeah, I'll take it, but it'll be all right. Food stamps from the government, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'll take it, but I ain't going to need it. I'll make all that seed. That's the kind of grace he's talking about here. So that you won't require aid or support from anybody. You'll be furnishing abundance for every good work and charitable donation. That means you can be a blessing to people everywhere you go. You know what happens when you bless people everywhere you go? You all of a sudden command respect. Lot commanded respect. Because he said he took care of all the widows, all the orphans, everybody was in trouble. He said, I took care of them all. Job, rather. Job, yeah. Job, he took care of everybody, so he commanded respect. Amen. Amen. Lacking nothing, part five. You come Sunday, and we'll see the Lord say about giving you lacking nothing, part six, if you act right. (laughs) Come on, stand on your feet. That's it. Let's go. (laughs) Do y'all receive that tonight? Well, why don't you give God a big praise and let him know that you receive and appreciate what he's given to you. teach this on Sunday. Financial abundance is always God's will for your life. Financial abundance is always God's will for your, for your life. And I'm going to teach you that God invites everyone to experience and enjoy the abundance he provides. I'm going to show you how to do it. Show you how to do it. You'll be here? All right. Praise God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Father, thank you tonight for your people who have heard the word. I pray, Father, that those who have heard the word and they've received it with gladness and with meekness, that the word really penetrates the soil of their hearts, that the seed of the word, we know the seed is already potent. The seed has self-fulfilling power. That This good seed planted in good soil will produce an abundant harvest. I pray that every every heart was thoroughly prepared to receive the word and that God, they've let this word sink deep into their hearts. And I pray that over the next few days, that as they meditate on it, as they give themselves wholly to this word, 
that the word just sinks, sinks deep into their hearts so that as it begins to spring and sprout, it, it'll have roots. This word will have roots and that it'll produce and bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and even some 100-fold. Father, I pray tonight that every doctrine of demons and every seducing spirit will be silenced. Every foul spirit that will talk your people out of the truths we have heard tonight would be silenced. And that God, I pray that the eyes of all of our understanding will be enlightened. I pray that your light will flood our hearts. Turn the lights on inside for us to see clearly the truths in your word that will make us free. Debt free, lack free, stress free, worry free, oh God. Thank you that we'll walk in abundance. Now bless your people indeed. Yes, God. As we continue to Live out what you've given us. Think of that you'll cause financial miracles to happen in our lives every single day. Is our prayer. We believe we receive that now with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Give God one more big praise tonight. <laughs>